0: We have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. We think too much and feel
1: too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. We
2: know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. Ah, the
3: great and powerful eyes, no way. You've got to say I'm a human being God damn it My life has value. Been... You have meddled with the
1: primal forces of nature Don't give yourselves to brutes Men who despise you, enslave you Who regiment your lives Tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel
4: Who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle Use you as cannon fodder Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men Machine men with machine minds, the machine
0: huts.
3: Jason Burmis And
4: who loves you? And who do you love? Welcome, 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 everybody. It is Reality Rants. I am Jason Burmis I want to thank all of you guys for coming along for the ride. We got another jam-packed show for you today. As always, we do the first hour across platforms. Second hour is over at redvoicemedia.com slash jason or redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored sign up today for only a buck get a week love it pay ten dollars a month or lock it in for a year for only a hundred what are we talking about today Tada! well i sat down and i watched the Trumpsky and hutch interview with the tuckens okay and and number one first of all hour-long program every once in a while um tucker does a full hour no commercial breaks. And and that's major pull on, you know, a for-profit news organization when you're the number one show because the number one show usually makes the number one revenue in ads and they want you to play those ads. He didn't do that with this. I, I was kind of disappointed. I, I thought that this was a big enough deal that, you know, he was sitting down with obviously Trump who is the front runner for The Republican nomination, who is the former president who is now officially indicted in one of these many cases. Okay, one of these many cases. And we didn't get that. Instead, we also got Tucker periodically on the beach, windy with his hair blowing around, um, talking about it. So, really, the interview itself, the chunks you got was like, I don't know, 35, maybe 40 minutes of interview. And if you watch Trump, you know that he has no problem rattling off 35, 40 minutes an hour, an hour plus on his own. No no help at all, no questions. And look, there are some things that still really rub me the wrong way about Donnie T, and the idea that this time is going to be much different and finally Donnie T is going to eradicate the deep state. And there was a highlight in this interview, that really projected that to me. And that highlight was him talking about him sitting down at Mar a Lago with President President G and discussing how he had just launched fifty seven missiles into Syria, alluding to the idea, not alluding, st- stating as though it were fact That Assad gases his own people. He didn't use Assad's name, but again, we're talking about Syrian leadership. He talked about gas attacks and then specifically the gas attack in Douma. All right, he did not name it by name, but there was no gas attack in Douma. And you could call me a kooky, dangerous conspiracy theorist if you'd like, if you'd like YouTube. But boy, ooh, it is so when Trump says that, that's the fact, Jack. Okay, and you'll go with that. But then everything else he says is a lie. See how that works? See, there's a big problem and a disconnect. If Trump can't openly admit that he was out there in the weeks before the supposed gas attack in Syria, saying it's time to leave. Syria. In fact, one one of the first things they talk about in the interview is the Afghanistan withdrawal. And he says, look, we shouldn't have been in Afghanistan in the first place. We should have gotten out of there. But the way they did it was absurd. And you take the military out last. And I tend to agree with that. It's a pretty simple, basic idea. Now, Later on, he also says, you know, we weren't going to leave all the way. There are some strategic positions there as opposed to China that he was interested in. Okay, and that's fine. But the serious shit is not okay. Let me repeat that for you. It is not okay. We're going to play the clip. We're going to do a full breakdown of it. And in it, he, he kind of also alludes to the fact, and this is how the story gets going, that president g more than likely speaks english okay now don't get me wrong he has an interpreter there but this may be a way to kind of play possum to feel out the room if you will or other situations where people may be speaking english around him and he wants to see what else is being said again love china hate china indifferent to china you'd be a fool to think that g isn't a smart man of course of course, he's smart man, and that's something that Trump also talked about in this interview. That's reality. But what's not reality? And I'm going we'll, we'll do it live here. We'll do it live. People are always uh, going after me for using Google. Tough, uh, tough titty. OPCW leaks, Syria, gas. All right, so there it is. So Chemical Weapons Watchdog defends Syria report after leaks. is all the way back in 2019. Now, recently we've been talking about and we'll talk about again today the uh, NATO documents that have been leaked, which our State Department is saying has no business on the front of a newspaper. Now, there are the OPCW Duma docs. The report that they put out okay and and remember this is the authoritative source and 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 this is a broader spectrum of how this works so you send investigators there but you already know what the outcome is going to be no matter what no matter what your investigators tell you we've got a narrative for you and that's what this was this was a what narrative push Whistleblower claims OPCW's findings misrepresented some facts over 2018 chlorine attack. Um, No, that's not what they did. The actual OPCW leaks, the emails that WikiLeaks published, outright straight up says there's no attack. It's imagination land. They, They never proved any type of an attack, let alone a gas attack occurred. And somehow the guy that's supposedly going to finally take down the deep state doesn't know this. And this was a big contention for me. When the guy was in office and I had to sit up there and watch hearings on it and watch our government, our defense department, our state department sit there and talk about imagination land attacks in Syria. And then when they were challenged on it, well, uh, was there a gas attack in Duma? Russian disinformation. Oh. So when it's not the Russia collusion hoax, the Trump administration will also embrace the Russia, Russia, Russia narrative. F that. Stop this train. I want to get off. And that's a problem. It's a big problem for me. In fact, that was the biggest problem of that interview for me last night because I'm in a place called reality and I'm not convinced first of all I'm not convinced that there's a path to a legitimate national election as of right now all right and this has been a slow incremental change of not really corruption, because there's always been corruption in elections. There's always been people trying to cheat elections or stuff the ballots or commit fraud in elections. It's it's, it's the norm for power, okay? So we're not talking about that. We're talking about the fact that we've legitimized systems that inherently are corrupt and unauditable and the mainstay of those systems are the voting machines themselves. Now, those in power want nothing more than to keep the same methods they used in 2020 on the table in 2024, especially with the mail-in ballots. And people are asking me, now that the emergency uh, is over, the COVID-1984 uh, nightmare is officially over. I still see people in masks, even here. I I shake my head every time I see like a person or a family in a mask or even a worker at the place that I get my morning coffee wearing a mask. I'm like, what happened? What happened that you're so traumatized three-plus years later? What is it? Serious. Were you not hugged enough as a child? Did did they constantly just run horror movies when you were a kid? You're watching Child's Play, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th. What's going on here? In fact, I would think that that would harden and toughen up more people. So people are telling me that, or asking me rather, that now that the emergency is over, is Big Pharma protected? Will they keep these mail-in ballots? And the answer is, I don't know. I have no idea what the repercussions are going to be for either of those things. But I can tell you this, those in power badly want those mail-in ballots so they can run what? Simulations with sliders and show everybody and put it in the public's mind what the outcome will be. What the outcome will be. Despite facts. Because facts don't matter. It's all about the feelings. It's how I feel. And again, the narrative is the feeling that Donnie T is the new Hitler. He's the Hitler guy. He's the new authoritarian. And look, I, I watched the rest of that interview. Dude is Sharp. He, you know, and he also talks about age. It, it was there was a couple moments there where literally Trump discussed two of the things we discussed yesterday on the broadcast in the morning, including Joe Biden. Being unable to answer Al Roker in a comprehensive manner, in which he literally talks about, We're rolling an egg and we're gonna push it out. You know, when I get asked whether or not I'm gonna run for office, the presidency in particular, after being installed as a zombie puppet, I, you know, and I often go to rolling an egg and pushing it out. We're rolling an egg and we're pushing it out. By the way, guys, get your questions and comments in. We might take some of those questions and comments here on Reality Rants today uh, over in uh, the YouTube mark. And I do wanna uh, thank everybody that is supporting the broadcast out there. Um, And I wanted to personally thank uh, Lyle. I'm not gonna say your last name, but uh, a little bit of a donation over via PayPal and every little bit uh, helps in any which way you can do it. The links are down below. We really do uh appreciate you supporting the broadcast and especially supporting redvoicemedia.com and premium so before i go to the clip okay before i even get into this clip and we play it with the Tuckins and you know trump talking about the she's a beautiful you can't say she's beautiful but she's beautiful talking about the translator for for g and then we'll get further into the OPCW documents, and we'll probably bring up the emails themselves that show, "Hey, we went in there. Hey, we gave the report, and hey, the final report's not the truth. It's not the truth. Big issue. Uh, you know, another thing that Trump did, and I'll and I'll even put this towards his credit, is he admitted that he killed a bunch of Russian soldiers. Okay, during that uh, 57 missile strike." And I've had people try to tell me that, oh, they launched the missiles into nowhere. It was it was a bluff. Trust the plan. Where we go one, we go all. Trust the plan. That's parrot bullshit, okay? Those missiles hit targets and killed people. And he admits that he killed Russian soldiers who were supposed to be our allies at that point. And he says that the Russian soldiers were doing things they weren't supposed to do. Really? Wasn't it really in reverse? Now, Trump outwardly said that he was going to decimate ISIS and kill all the baddies. Trump's going to kill the baddies. You look at the history of ISIS. You look at the connection to John McCain and the Chevy trucks and the American rifles. Sure looks like we might have propped them up sure looks that way. Now, I'm not saying Donny T propped them up. That's not it. But since the same establishment that propped them up was really in control of the military action in that region, it was doubtful that any of this was going to be successful. Now, the Russians, however, come in and they just start chopping it up Boom, boom, because they're actually allies with Assad. And at the time, You know, we were still on pretty good terms with Russia. The hysteria hadn't reached its peak yet. And we were supposed to be allied there. Trump actually said he felt bad about killing the Russian soldiers. So I'm going to give him this much. I'm going to give him this much. And, you know, it's funny because I hosted another show yesterday. I hosted uh, Making Sense of the Madness out of nowhere. You know, I get a text like an hour and a half beforehand. And I'm interviewing... Ted Harvey, who's a a former state senator, super conservative, somebody that worked in the Reagan administration. And we're talking deep state, we're talking Trump, we're talking stop Joe super PACs, all these things. And, And for the most part, obviously, he's got the conservative talking points and the talking points of Trump doing things that other Republican presidents always said they were going to do and never did. Okay. And one of those talking points that he used that i that I really I didn't have the chance to push back on because it's a it's a four break formatted show. and I actually interviewed Joe Hoft of the Gateway pundit after that, who's constantly getting retruthed by Trump. You know, and I, I think I have great conversations with Joe Hoff. We've have him on had him on this program before. We should probably get him for a full hour for for a really open discussion about what's going on. And when I talked to Harvey, Harvey said, you know, people have talked about making the U.S. embassy in Jerusalem and making Jerusalem the capital of Israel. And I cringed for a 2nd like, oh, is that really what most conservatives want? Now, perhaps mainline conservatives wanted that. But many, I would say, anti-war conservatives or those that are aware of the power of Israel, not only in the Middle East, but within our own uh, intelligence apparatus through five eyes and beyond, um, through the fact that, you know, Israel, although supposedly our ally runs the most aggressive espionage operations of any other nation state within our nation state, uh, according to Fox News of all places, pre-9-11. That they... Everyone wants to talk about those dancing Israelis and the trucks, and we do in Fabled Enemies, but we also talk about the actual networks that are inside via Amdocs and Converse, and then the networks of Israeli art students and others that had penetrated all these different bases. They were in mall kiosks. And again, you had them being picked up pre-9-11. You had the incidents on 9-11 that involved others within that group, and then you had more people being picked up after 9-11, none of which were charged. Think about that. And again, to Donnie T's credit, when he was put on the spot about Live Golf months and months and months ago, we played it here, and Saudi Arabia's involvement in 9-11, and obviously, there are financier aspects, especially to the alleged hijackers. And you can Follow a lot of that money through a uh, program called Vulgar Betrayal via the FBI and a guy named Yasin Khadi, all in my film, uh, Fabled Enemies. Okay. That's real. But Trump said, we've we really gotten to the bottom of 9 11. We haven't had a real investigation and we don't know who did it. Why did we get that under his administration? Why are we not pushing as a people for that administration? that he says is going to take on the deep state to really take on the deep state. That's what really taking on the deep state is about. Exposing a massive crime from over over 20 plus years ago that literally reshaped our civil liberties in this country openly. You know, I, I uh, tune into Jonesy during the day sometimes, and Alex is uh, kind of on this new kick. It's not really a new kick. It's he's bringing it back, kick, of the civilian defense force that Obama really talked about during the beginnings of his first term of his presidency, kind of like a a, a Peace Corps, but really a national security apparatus that's as well-funded as the actual one. What do you think signature reduction is? That is America's secret military sitting inside, Private organizations and private groups directed by the military industrial complex, the deep state, with certain individuals placed there to set up their systems of track, trace, database, command, and control. Okay. So he's not wrong to put that out, but really, that's not an Obama original. That's how authoritarian states work. Right? Hey, that's that's how old Adolf got his start. Right? Not not just World War One, but post-World War One. What he was one of those spies, if you will, that would just integrate into the population, see what was going on, and then narc them out. The old narc system. They love that. They love it. All right. We're gonna get into uh the Trump tuckins in a second. That's That's the next big thing, I promise you. We're going to play this clip of him talking about Xi Jinping, uh, English, and then really, again, the Syria OPCW debacle, because we're going to bring those up. I just want to take a step back, right? It's reality rants. We're 20 plus minutes deep into it. And say, I like to smile. And simple things make me smile. And that's why yesterday, when I was out thrift shopping, as I often do, I I go and I look for uh, vintage video games, electronics, sometimes uh, (laughs) antiques. I saw this and, you know, I'm not even sure that this is Disney. Let's take a better look. It sure, you know, obviously that looks like Donald Duck, but I, you know, it says 1976 Peter Pan Industries. I'm not sure this is even really Disney, but it's a disco album, which With, you know, look at Donald, if it is Donald, having a having a blast with Daisy Duck. And I'm not sure who the author is, but maybe somebody can tell me whether or not this is an official Disney product. Just again, totally random. Made me smile. I do want to point this out, however. All right. I've talked about how my experience on Twitter is obviously throttled. And it has been. I'm, and and that's why I'm not sure whether or not I even want to buy the blue check mark. Now, I want you just to see a really simple demonstration of this. It's right here. Anybody can see it. So I've got my disco duck dance party. It says there's two, two responses to it. So I click it. Okay, let's scroll down. There's the one response right here. This person says that they had the album. There are additional replies, right? We know at least one more, supposedly. I hit show. I get nothing. I get nothing. So am I not allowed to see the other person who made a comment on it? There there isn't censorship still going on at Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it at this point. Elon Musk claims Twitter is breaking even. Blue ticks will be gone next week. He's also telling you that he sleeps on the couch of a seventh floor library. Bullshit. Again, he's, he's the couch surfing cool guy billionaire. And Twitter is no longer. It's X Corp. And somehow he got rid of 6,500 employees, 6,500 employees. Now, a lot of people are going to say, yeah, muskernuts, cleaned house, still got 1,500, still got the national security apparatus in there. What did he do? He trimmed the fat. Okay. And the bottom line is a lot of those people that were worthless, that worked there, that were paper pushers and nothing people, they are going to be automated out by what? yes what they're calling artificial intelligence it's not really ai okay but it is algorithmic programming um that can take out a lot of these communications majors a lot of these people that really don't do much they're not that valuable and they do not do much <laughs> all right let's get to the trump and tuckens right now it's
2: the only time you said Repeat. That was the only word I've ever heard him say in English, meaning he speaks English, okay?
4: So let's bring it back. Meaning he speaks English. Boom.
2: I told China, if you buy any oil from Iran, President Xi, very good conversations. I liked him a lot. I told him we shot 57 missiles into Syria while he was having chocolate cake. It's the only time he said, repeat. That was the only word I've ever heard him say in English, meaning he speaks English, okay? She speaks English? Well, I'll tell you what. This is an interesting thing. We're having dinner at Mar a Lago, and he wanted to be at Mar a Lago. We had a great weekend. But we're having uh, dessert now beautiful chocolate cake at Mar a Lago. He had his people, I had mine. He was telling me stories about China, the history of China. It's very amazing. It's got an amazing 5,000 years, you know, amazing history.
4: 5,000 years, you know, an amazing history. I mean, you got to admit the guy, you know, is at least entertaining as he talks. And he's definitely got his own style.
2: And President Obama didn't go over the red line. And because Russia took over Syria, and there's a whole big thing, right? You know that. If Obama would have done what he said he was going to do, because they were killing children. They were killing children with gas, with gas bombs by the hundreds, by the thousands in Syria.
4: Let's stop. Let's stop right there. That's not true, Don. That's not true. And now you've had three years, whether you were lied to or not. And, and he was, listen, there's no doubt about the fact that this guy was constantly lied to. If you go back, and I'm not even sure if they're still available, but I certainly reported on them, and you can actually listen to them on my program. Um, If you go back to when... Rick Grenell, uh, his national security advisor, had an assistant high level that was talking to Cassandra Fairbanks and Fairbanks was taping their conversations. It became clear that Donald Trump and uh, apparently Don Jr. had been shown pictures that were said to be casualties of war, men, women and children. Um, that they assigned to Assange and WikiLeaks. And and that's really what pushed him over the edge on Assange. Bullshit. It's not real. They couldn't prove it in court. So so once again, him projecting this lie is dangerous. It's not good. It's bad news, Brown. So right here, you can actually see it. If you go to wikiLeaks.org/slash opcw-duma. That's where we're at. Um, This is the the fourth part of the release. But as you can see, here's three. Here's the internal email. And here's the uh, whistleblower panel. It's all here. And there are the redacted emails of the toxicology reports, of the toxicology meeting, of the exclusion of Duma, and the removal of engineering report. They're all right there. The emails are right here. It's clear. To solicit expert advice to the value of exhuming suspected victims of the alleged chemical attack in Duma on the 7th of April, 2018, according to the minutes, the uh, OPCW team was uh, advised by the experts that there would be uh, little use in conducting exhumations. The point was to elicit expert opinions from the forensic toxicologists regarding the observed and reported symptoms of the alleged victims. Pearson Sharp of OAN went there. He went to Duma where the gas attack supposedly happened and found zero evidence of that. In fact, he found counter evidence long before this. Now, again, a network like OAN is constantly pushing Trump. Will you see anybody else in the alternative media or mainstream media call trump out on this bullshit. anybody else it has to be done it has to be done it's important to point out the truth when you're dealing with death showers when you're dealing with real foreign policy let's go back to the trump nugget
2: and he said if that happens again and it happened a number of times and he still never went over the line but i did so i shot Uh, 57 missiles. Almost every one of them hit into a military area, which had a lot of planes, wiped out a lot of planes. Also had Russian soldiers, by the way. You know, they say I was so nice to Russia, right? I killed the pipeline. I sadly killed a lot of Russian soldiers, that 500 group, because they were doing things that they weren't supposed to. Nobody writes that, and I don't want them to write it. I'm not proud of it, but we did that, as you know.
4: So once again, the slightest bit of respect that he admits that they killed russian soldiers and it wasn't a positive thing but get, but again it's wrapped in a lie and it's not giving you the larger perspective
2: but we shot uh, approximately 57 missiles and so when i dealt with president she was with him the whole weekend he had an incredible I, i'm not allowed to say it because it's very impolite and very politically incorrect a beautiful Female interpreter. She was very beautiful. Today, if you say it, they'll say, this is terrible. You're not allowed to say that, but she She was very professional. She spoke every word for him. Very professional. Had another couple of them, too, but she was there. And we're having dinner and he would come in and say hello. She would say hello. He wouldn't say any word. But I said to him, a general came up and said, do we do it now? I said, yeah, you have to do it now. So I gave the order during dinner. Then I said, well, do I tell him? Because they're very closely associated with Syria. Do I tell him now, or do I wait till he finds out after dinner? (laughs) Because you have about 28 minutes before they hit. So I said, President, we've just uh, fired approximately 57 missiles into Syria, into a base. The missiles are on their way right now. He looked at me and goes, repeat. (laughs) <laughs> that's the only time he's ever said it so I think he speaks English the only word he never said hello or goodbye he only said he only dealt through an interpreter the only word I ever heard him say was repeat that's an unusual word I said how, how you know, smart is he could you tell top of the line top of the line yeah, they're all top of the line our, our guys not top of the
4: line never. <laughs> <laughs> our guys Not top of the line. I can't really argue with that. Again, it's been nothing but a bunch of unimpressive losers for the most part. And and I wish it wasn't that way. But that's the truth. Old Donnie T. All right. I got a ton of stories over here that I did want to go over. I've got this Josh Howley clip with the Secretary of Energy. um, Essentially, Calling out the climate crisis nonsense, Uh, but there's a slew of other stories that I want to hit before that. I also want to talk about Singapore. I've got a video on that, on how Singapore's, uh, really its economy and its model for society are the global model should the predator class succeed. And it's actually highlighted in the Westworld series where Singapore itself is kind of uh, portrayed as as a global capital in the future okay and why is it that way because it's an authoritarian regime yeah their economy boomed and apparently they only 2.2 percent unemployment but they're authoritarians they get to decide what is true or false fact and fiction And we've seen that more and more and more and more in this country and the push for that more and more and more globally and the attempt to criminalize speech and then create their own narratives based on a limited amount of information they project to you. Okay, and and to me, there's probably no better current example of this than the January 6th footage. Now, this is also something I I discussed with Joe Hoff yesterday. okay. the January 6th committee said they release all of the evidence, okay, all of the evidence. And then Kevin McCarthy said he would do the same thing. Remember, McCarthy basically said that this was going to happen after those that opposed him as speaker came around. It was one of the deals that was cut. That was in January. That was said in January. We're in April. Okay. And um, Ford's right. I feel, it feels like everybody just sort of forgot. I have not forgotten. Think about the power of the footage that just the Tuckins put out. That was what? Maybe five minutes of footage tops. Five minutes. Can you imagine if I had access to 40 plus thousand hours of that footage? First of all, it would be a daunting task to go through. I'd be scrubbing through a lot of it. I'd be looking for key times and key incidents, and who knows what I would miss. But I promise you, it wouldn't be five minutes that I released. Okay. And the other really important aspect of that is to acknowledge the fact that after he put out the Jacob Chansley videos, the QAnon, Common, the Muffin Man, there was really no choice. But to release him okay the establishment didn't want to release him they wanted to continue to paint him as a dangerous insurrectionist he's so d- i keep seeing things oh look at him storming the Capitol! the guy was in makeup and animal skins topless with a flag in his hand stopping people from stealing uh, muffins Ah. Wow! Wow! Just wow! (laughs) That's the reality we live under. That's the reality. I'm gonna go to this Holly clip right now. Okay, we're gonna bring it up. We're gonna do it live. That's that's the next thing on the agenda. And look, I've got problems with Holly. There's no doubt about it. I'm not. Yeah, I, I think that he's a bit of a Chinaphobe, right? I, I don't think it's China, 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 just like it's not Russia, 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 Russia. But when it comes to like the climate crisis and taking on uh, the energy secretary, pretty spot on. Here we go, Holly.
3: As you know, we're very proud in the state of Missouri of the work that's done at the Kansas City National Security Campus to support the nation's nuclear enterprise. I just wonder if you can give me an update on the NNSA's efforts to ensure that the Kansas City campus has the capacity it's gonna need, the additional capacity it's gonna to need to meet production requirements in the coming years.
0: Thank you, Senator Holly. Um, we're also very proud of the Kansas City National Security Campus. Uh, and we uh, I'm pleased to report we're making good progress on expanding uh, capacity and um, moving towards the purchase of facilities, uh, and, and, and and land that could help us in the future uh, make sure that we're right-sized uh, at, at Kansas City.
3: Good, very good. Um, Secretary Granholm, today in the state of Missouri, the average price of gasoline t- today, as of this morning, is $4.10. Average price of diesel is $5.18. And I'm sure you've seen the reporting this morning that now AAA is projecting that gas prices will hit a national average, average of $6 a gallon by the month of August. Is this acceptable to you?
0: No, it is not. And you can thank the activity of Vladimir Putin for invading Ukraine and
4: pulling a- Oh, nonsense. Those- Oh, nonsense. Thank you, Josh. You can thank the Vladimir for the elevated cost of gangs. Oh, oh thank you. I, I I would have preferred instead of, oh, nonsense, the way, can we get the thumbs up to 100? Can we get them up? Can we get the likes and the shares and all that good stuff? I, I would have preferred, oh, nonsense, to total bullshit. Stop lying. You're a liar. That's not true. That That's just me. That's how I would have felt about it. It's just me.
3: Uh, with all due respect, Madam Secretary, that's utter nonsense. In January of 2021, the average gas price in my state was $2.07. 8 months later. 8 months later, long before Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine, that price was up over 30% and it's been going up consistently since. What are you doing to reverse this administration's policies that are drawing down our own supply? Of energy in this country that are throttling oil and gas production in the United States of America. What are you doing about it? With
0: respect, it? sir, it is not administration policies that have affected supply and demand. How
3: can I you say that when supply. the price of gas was up over 30 percent from January to? Uh, you I'd answer my questions, answer and it's my time, Madam Secretary. It's, it's my time. <laughs> 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 I'm not even sure how old Holly is. I'm probably older than Holly.
4: I, I just you know he's good on some issues especially this one like like calling out the nonsense that you know for some reason for some magical reason you know everything is the poot poot's fault has nothing to do with the fact that we shut down refineries here has nothing to do with the fact that we're selling off our reserves nothing to do with that no 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 and that's not to say that the oil companies themselves aren't making record profits you're damn right they are and that is a problem and there needs to be regulation there but they're really trying to regulate out cheap efficient energy under the guise of we're killing the planet we're killing the planet and they're not acknowledging you know another highlight of the of the trump interview that that's just obvious sauce Is when they talk about the Nord Stream pipeline. And, you know, even Trump said, you know, it was absurd to say that Russia blew up their own pipeline, among many other absurd things involving Russia, Russia, Russia. But more and more, we have to point out the fact that obviously that was a US led operation and obviously if you believe their lies about carbon, that may have been the largest man-made carbon disaster ever. So let's go back to uh, Josh Hawley.
3: Why don't you answer my question? From January to August, the price of gasoline was up over 30%. In my state alone, it has been a continuous continuous upward tick since then. And here's what your president did when he first came to office he immediately re-entered the paris climate accord he canceled the keystone pipeline he halted leasing programs in anwar he issued a 60-day halt on all new oil and gas leases and drilling permits on federal lands and waters that's nationwide that accounts by the way for 25 percent of u.s oil production he directed federal agencies to eliminate all supports for fossil fuels he imposed new regulations on oil and gas and methane emissions, those were all just in the first few days. Are you telling me that's had no effect I'm on our energy supply?
0: 94% of the oil and gas executives that were surveyed by the Dallas Fed said that administration policies had nothing to do with the increase in the price of oil. I'm and not interested the in the opinions
3: of, of those people. I'm interested yeah. in the, the facts. Are, are you telling me no that, these no that, telling you no that these policies had no effect? Is that your testimony, that these policies had no effect? Are you telling, you, telling sir, me, Madam Secretary, are you telling me under oath that these policies had no effect.
0: I'm telling you that 94% of the
4: oil and gas industry- I'm not interested in their opinion. They, I'm they interested no in the effect. facts. I'm not interested in their opinion. I'm interested in the facts. And no, notice how this person, again, establishment politician, will not, and really cannot, directly answer the question, period.
0: So no, they did not ask. That is a
3: remarkable statement
0: about the increase in demand and the decrease in supply from pulling Russian barrels of oil off the market. Thanks to rightly the United States saying we're not going to take Russian oil coming out of COVID. So what explains the
3: increase between um, January and August coming coming out of COVID?
0: Coming out of COVID, there was an increase in demand because people were driving again. When there was no demand, oh. the prices dropped. That is a basic law of economics. The prices dropped. I have
3: to say, Madam in- Secretary, with all due respect, your answers are insulting. Mm-hmm. And they are <laughs> insulting to the people of Missouri who are looking for action.
4: Again, man, Holly ain't perfect, but uh, thank you. You know, they are insulting. I'm sick of being treated like a child. Santa Claus ain't real and neither's the Easter Bunny. Okay, stop treating me like you know better than me and I'm just gonna say what I wanna say and protect you from the truth because the ends justify the means. I'm not a child. I don't like being talked to like I'm a child by anybody. It is insulting, it's disrespectful. That's not how you talk to other human beings or adults, but that's how they talk to us, okay? They treat us
3: like children. Now, you said two months ago, your department was on war footing. What are you doing to bring down the price of gasoline? which has price been going up consistently since you took office. The price of gasoline
0: is derived from the price of oil. The price of oil is at $110 a barrel. What are
3: you doing to decrease it? On my On a global question.
4: market, sir, if you could let me finish.
3: If you would because answer my question.
4: I am. A- yeah, yeah, not answering them. Again, he, she, he's damn right. She's just saying things. It's not an answer to the question. What are you doing to lower the price of a barrel of oil? A lot of people forget this during the COVID 1984 nightmare three years ago, right around three years ago. Oil went to zero. <laughs> remember that? Does anybody else remember that? Went to zero out of nowhere. Well, I mean, not out of nowhere, out of the contrived crisis. It didn't seem real because none of it really was real because if the stock market was real, it would be allowed to fail and they couldn't just magically shut it down. Shut it down, would you shut it down? It's not capitalism. This person isn't giving any kind of a solution and uh, Holly is right to call her on her nonsense.
0: Answering your question, sir. Oil is traded on a global market. We are paying extremely high prices today. Just as they are in Japan. What are you doing Just to get it down? Just as they are in Germany. Just as they are in South Africa. What are you Africa doing to get it down? It tra- we are calling for an increase in supply. We are releasing a million barrels a day from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to try to balance out the Who are you getting a call for an and increase demand. in is supply is the largest from. tool that we
3: have to be Who able to get our for allies increase are try from. Please me. Uh,
2: Senator Hawley, your time's expired.
3: Could I get an answer to this question, uh, Mr. Chairman? Thank you.
4: Thank you. Can he get an answer to the they, they can just blindly say whatever they want. We're calling for more oil production. To who? To the tooth mother truck and ferry? Who? Senator,
3: who are you calling for an increase in supply from?
0: From our domestic oil and gas manufacturers, from international oil and
4: even gas even as you manufacturers? cancel their
3: leases? Senator Hawley, if you want.
4: Look at that face. Well, no, we are canceling their leases. We are canceling their leases. No big deal. Hmm. Jennifer Granholm, not the best. We're going to be going to uh, the premium in a little over at 10 minutes. Redvoicemedia.com slash Jason, redvoicemedia.com slash Uncensored. I'm calling out to the Burmist Brigade. If you haven't locked it in, please do so. Got two more subscribers over there. And, and, and really, guys, just to kind of, you know, be, be quite honest, to pay my salary, we got to get up to like 500 subscribers that subscribe through that link and we're somewhere a little over halfway there just a little over halfway and thank you for all of you that have done that okay but consider it 10 bucks a month a hundred dollars for the year knockoff 20 and uh, a lot of you guys know that i've done it in the past before may 1st uh of this upcoming uh uh year so in about i don't know we got l- Two and a half three weeks somewhere before then I am going to do I believe a 24 video in 24 hours I haven't done that in four or five years it's been a long time since I've actually sat down and put out 24 videos in 24 hours obviously they're gonna be shorter videos but some of them are gonna be um, in-depth interviews some of them will be pre-records but for the most part we usually go between 16 and 18 maybe even 19 hours live and i'm going to use that as a uh, driver for people to come over to redvoicemedia.com where they're currently building a new studio expanding and trying to bring you more not less more content and there, there may even be a new way we work out the second hour because quite frankly I love doing the second hour for you guys, especially the ones that are paid. And I love those that go over and even listen to it for free, or those that wait and two weeks later you get it. But I believe sometimes the second hour is stronger than the first because there are certain videos and articles that we just can't go over when we're on YouTube, not in any meaningful way. And we do it on the other side. Like straight up. We will we'll be talking about Singapore on the other side okay and we run out of time constantly in this first hour so the second hour we're going to see how we're going to work that because i i'm all about getting the information out to as many people as possible but at the same time there's an economic aspect to everything if i want to make a living doing this someone's got to charge some money so that they can pay me money and then i can pay my rent and i can keep this glorious home I'm in right now. Okay. And bring this to you live, uh, from the great state of Iowa. Just want to put that out there. All right. I want to hit up some, uh, some other news stories down the line before we go over to, uh, the other side, Louisville gunman's family breaks silence to condemn his senseless acts of violence. And real, he did, did have mental health problems, but there were never any warning signs he would commit murder okay so i know that people have focused on this latest gunman at a bank who was a employee who was being fired and was suicidal and this is another aspect of the uh the shooter with the manifesto that we haven't seen that no one seems to be focusing on that that person also was suicidal see You can talk about death by cop when it's not a mass shooting, when it's somebody who carjacks something and takes them on a police chase, or, you know, I saw a really disturbing video the other day where a guy is sitting there trying to hit him with with a stick hitting him with a stick and dude he unloads like 12 bullets right in him, like point blank range and the guy keeps coming that's death by cop that's a psychotic individual that seems to have some kind of a suicidal death wish all right or then that's mentally disturbed what people don't realize is whether it's somebody that has that suicidal death wish or someone who all of a sudden kills his entire family and then blows his head off or kills Her entire family and then blows her own head off that's the suicidal thoughts and behavior they take away the homicidal angle all right and the girl that killed those kids and those teachers openly was telling people she planned on dying planned on dying this person the same deal Where are the toxicology reports? What SSRIs were on? How long were they on them? They don't care about human life. At the top, they care about command and control. And part of that is a drugging of the populace. And at the same time that you have a drugging of the populace, That makes them less mobile, less able to critically think, less able to be independent, but also have massive psychotic breaks and can no longer function. Love it. Love it. And then when they snap and they kill a bunch of people, you just ignore the drugs they were on, okay, and you blame the guns 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 the guns are the problem and look the social media aspect of some of these killings is repulsive and repugnant obviously but that's the society we live in you know people crave attention i mean think about how warped it is that you basically know you're going on a suicide mission okay you know you're about to commit an act of immense and terrible evil you know it like like you're having the psychotic break but somewhere in there you realize what you're doing like don't get me wrong i mean there's a real psychotic break but your inclination is to live stream murder wow is that a society that anyone could condone Live streaming murder. So again, they'll show that this kid had a bunch of concussions, and they'll show that he's wearing a helmet when he's playing basketball. But they and they'll even admit that he had mental health problems. Won't tell you what drugs he's on. Won't give you a tox scan of any of these people. Why? It's pretty obvious why. So you think they're gonna ban those type of psychotropic drugs? I wish. They want to expand, not ban that stuff, period. All right, got to go over this one. About five minutes left in the free portion of the broadcast. Remember, you can listen to the whole thing right now live over at the Podbean, the Info Warrior channel. Uh, or please consider coming on over, support the broadcast, support the broadcast. Redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. Redvoicemedia.com slash Jason. Abuse Survivors Network blasts Dalai Lama's blatantly sexual act after he asked 12-year-old boy to suck his tongue in public before the 87-year-old head monk office said he was just being playful. I don't even know if I want, I mean, I know that a lot of you have probably seen the video by now. Uh. Uh. Now, I'm not really big into cults and outfits. But I, I guess is that this is where I tell my tale of the Dalai Lama and a friend of mine that <laughs> very unexpected ended up turning into a monk and traveling, decrying the Dalai Lama, you know, a, a, as a fake. And basically, you know, a lot of Buddhist monks out there aren't so big on the Dalai Lama. When I see something like that. You know, you don't want to think the worst. You can't think the best. But you got to explore what that's all about and you got to wonder if it's the senility of an 87-year-old man that now thinks that's okay to do in public when he may have been doing similar things and maybe even worse things in private. And uh, I think that I retweeted the picture out but for those that don't know, the Bromfman's and uh Keith Ranieri of the Nexium cult all uh, met the Dalai Lama. I'm not saying there's much more of a connection there, but that's why you can't have figures like that. Unelected leaders that in many cases are worshipped, okay, outright and given a pass on any type of behavior. Super dangerous. Super dangerous. Super upsetting, super unacceptable. Period. That's it. So to talk about my friend, just really briefly before we go over to the second hour. Love the guy, I, I really do. I, I think he changed his name. I don't know what it is now. I believe his real name was John. We used to his pledge name was Gump, and you can imagine why you would call somebody Gump, but. Never in a million years did I think that, you know, he was a good looking kid, tall, pretty athletic, that all of a sudden I would be on social media and I would see him with a shaved head in the full monk shawl outfit decrying the Dalai Lama. And years and years ago when he made this transition, you know, he knew what I was doing. He's like, you got to expose the Dalai Lama, man. He's a bad dude. The whole system's bad. I'm just like, okay, well, I don't know much about it, but uh, thanks for informing me. All of this was quite a shock. But, I mean, when I see something like that in public, pretty disturbing. Pretty disturbing. And and once again, uh, that person seems to be without any actual or real repercussions. Okay? Just want to point that out. Senate Democrats, uh, Chief Justice Roberts, investigate Clarence Thomas's gifts from billionaire as they announce new hearing over court ethics. Remember, beginning of the week we talked about that piece on Clarence Thomas. We talked about them talking about the Bohemian Grove, and ultimately, what this is about is trying to what pack the Supreme Court, put pressure on other justices to act like. Thomas did something illegal. When again, if you think about a 30 year career where you're accepting gifts and trips from a billionaire and it doesn't even constitute a million dollars, they talked about hundreds of thousands of dollars. That is like the lowest level, the lowest form of corruption you could imagine. You could imagine when you're talking about some of these ghouls. And And again, I don't love the Bohemian Grove. And it is a place of undue influence. And yes, Clarence Thomas is a guy that goes there. Okay? But obviously, this is about something more insidious, more nefarious. In my opinion, extremely dangerous. All right, we're at the top of the hour. I'm going to give the cue to the producer for us to begin to go over to the other side. I want to say goodbye one at a time. Rock, Finn. I love you. Couldn't do it without you. Fadista, thank you so much for the tipski and hutch over at The Rockfin. It is appreciated. Uh, YouTube, you know the drill. It's been real and continues to be real, uh, but it's really difficult to stay on your platform, especially when you're given Red Voice Media strikes for harmful conspiracy theories via videos I put up and you don't flag as harmful conspiracy theories. Just very bizarre how that works. You know, it's very, very bizarre how Twitter works and how YouTube works and how they continue to control narratives. Speaking of Twitter, we are now leaving Twitter and we about to rumble, rumble, rumble in the jungle. All right, we are free of all those folks. We are good to go on the other end. And we're going to keep going down the line into these stories. Then we're going to kick it to this uh, Singapore life video so people can really understand how detrimental and dangerous this is. Okay. Americans are now working fewer hours than before the pandemic. Average work week was 36.9 hours in November 2022 compared to 37.5 in January 2020 as people seek. More work, life balance, new study finds. First of all, it's 0.6 hours. That's almost nothing. Second of all, nobody that I know that's doing okay or really good is working under 40 hours a week. It's just not real, okay? Small business owners, whether they're on the clock or on the books or not, are in large part, unless they've set up, some kind of an automated system where they can really trust their managers or in some cases their CEOs, et cetera, et cetera. They're they're working 60 hours a week, 40 buck ass bare minimum, really closer to 60 to 80 hours a week. Clearly, without question. That's a lot. Why are we seeing this decrease in the average work week? you're seeing it because so many people have just left the workforce and are on the complete and total dole that just, really what that just shows you not how people are working less but how there are more people on the welfare system than before offsetting all those other people that continue to work and then you can go to the lower middle class okay um remember they want to pretty much eviscerate that middle class if you're not making six figures as like a family of four at this point i I don't even know if you're lower middle class that's how crazy things are like as an individual depending on where you're living you know you could be making six figures right around that 100 grand it's not not that much especially after the the tax man cometh so really to me what this represents is that there are less and less people that are willing to put in that 40-hour work week now a guy like me Again, lower middle class just to survive and keep his head above water back in the day in upstate New York. I was working 60 hours a week, uh, a week between two regular jobs and a freelance gig. Two regular jobs and a freelance gig. And, oh, it's the gig economy. You got a side hustle? You best have a side hustle. You, I mean, damn. Especially in this economy. My goodness. So... In my opinion, things not getting better, getting worse. Um, this is a quick one here. Al Jaffe, dead at 102, Mad Magazine cartoonist who invented the iconic fold-in, passes away from organ failure three years after retiring at 99. Now, here, here's a guy that's been around for some time, Al Jaffe. I mean, uh, iconic. Take a look at this. This is the uh, fold-in, and and that's Richard Nixon right? And they've got them here. You can kind of see it on the end, but they're lamps. Really brilliant. He invented that concept as a gag. And to me, Mad Magazine is important for a multitude of reasons. First of all, um, it's the first publication that spoke to me as as a young man kid. So in that, I guess they call them tween age from probably nine to 13 or 14, maybe, because by by the time I was like 13, 14, I'd moved on to actual comic books and and bigger narratives. But Alfred E. Newman was a staple. In fact, I want to think it was I think it was my brother, not me. I'm pretty sure it was my brother that my father made up as Alfred E. Newman. For Halloween one year. And they were constantly parroting the latest movie or television show. It was illustrated, gave me a taste of politics and gross out humor. And, and it kind of bridged the gap from being read to and having to read in school to enjoying to read. And I and I, that's a By the way, reading is a critical skill that I think that a ton of people have have just missed out on and lost in this last generation. And that's sad. Yeah, I get it. You can read text messages. And yeah, I get it. You have the ability to read, um, you you know, the the headline of your Instagram or, or that sort of thing. How many people are reading in hand paper publications how many people online are going beyond the headline okay and reading the actual article we do that a lot here like when it's important we read the entire thing down the line because i want to see what's being put out by the mainstream media i want to see more than the headlines i want to see what's hidden in the story right? Look at the Douglas Mackey case, the meme case, tons hidden in that story. And again, you wouldn't know it by the headlines because there's certain narratives that are being pushed everywhere. Very dangerous. So this is a case we're continuing to keep up on. Uh, I'd mentioned it I believe last week, billionaires Bryn, Pritzker, Zuckerman, and Ovitz issued subpoenas in Epstein lawsuit. Jamie Dimon also among these people. Uh, This article, almost two weeks old at this point, but we have, I believe it's revolver news. Okay. Oh, boy. I'm looking at you. Uh, uh, Source mega. What's that? Here's the headline Former banking hot show James Jess Staley accused of sexually assaulting Jeffrey Epstein trafficking victim court documents. Now, this is an exclusive. I'm sorry, it was not Revolver. It was Radar Online. Okay. So radaronline.com. They don't provide the document or the portion of the document where it says that Staley is being accused of rape. Uh, And it is a Jane Doe. Okay. So the emails also showed the two discussed sex with women who they referred to by the names of Disney princesses that Epstein uh, procured for Staley, and we've we've talked about Snow White, we've talked about Beauty and the Beast, uh, but in in this uh, article it is said that 100% these are rape charges. Now what is not said is how old the Jane Doe victim, okay, is supposed to be during this. Now, th- this is something that, again, is not making mainstream headlines. We're looking at radar. We're looking at Zero Hedge. Okay. Some of the European press is putting this in the, uh, the headlines. But why isn't it on NBC or CBS or even Fox News? Isn't it weird? Isn't it odd? You know, After a situation where any critically thinking person realizes that the most infamous and possibly powerful person ever to be indicted and jailed magically committed suicide twice, twice. And the first time he told his lawyer he didn't try to commit suicide and instead was attacked by a now convicted quadruple murderer ex-cop. Tartiglione was convicted earlier this month or late last month. I can't remember which. But within the last uh, several weeks. In fact, we'll do it live. Uh, Let's do it live. Tartiglione. The, The fact that you would put somebody okay, who you know, who you know has those type of connections in a cell with Tartiglione shows you are not serious about keeping that person alive and actually prosecuting. You're inviting, you're inviting corruption. You're inviting what happened. And remember, at that institution, they held El Chapo, and they hadn't had a suicide there in 13 years. Okay, so six days ago, it's within the week, Nicholas, a Nicholas Tartiglione jury convicts S, ex-cop of, are you ready? Heinous murder of four men in drug deal. This guy, heinous murder of four men in drug deal. Heinous murder. Tartiglione was convicted of killing Martin Luna, his nephew, Miguel Luna, his niece's husband, Urbano Santiago, and family friend, Hector Gutierrez. All four disappeared in April 11, 2016 after Luma was lured to the uh, liquid lounge, a bar in Chester owned by Tartiglione's brother over a drug debt and brought the others with him. The prosecution contended uh, Tartiglione's two Enforcers, bodybuilder, and school security guard Joseph Biggs of Nanette and former Havistraw police officer and strongman competitor uh, Gerard Benderoth restrained the men at gunpoint. Prosecutors told the jury that Tartiglione then strangled Martin Luna with zip tie, and his body and the three other men were brought to Tartiglione's property in Mount Home, where Biggs, Tartiglione, and Benderoth each shot one of the men in the back of the head. That was a guy that was drawn to law enforcement. The murders resulted from Tartiglione suspecting Luna had stolen $200,000 from him as part of a planned cocaine purchase. So again, the ex-cop involved in dealing drugs and murder. That's who you put Epstein in a cell with? Yeah, nothing suspicious there. Leaked Pentagon papers that plunged U.S. espionage into crisis first emerged in an obscure online meme group as host says the U.S. government should fear these losers. And it's something Mao, I believe. What is it? There he is right there. It's a, a YouTuber, Wow Mao. Wow underscore Mao. And I believe it was on a Discord server right there. Okay. Remember, we have the State Department saying they don't know how they're leaked. Uh, let's see if they'll show some of the pictures in the gallery here not not just of these but there you go these are physical documents in other words they're not downloadable pdf files right like normally that would be a, a downloadable editable pdf file and instead they're pictures of these documents that have obviously been prepared and printed, out meaning that you know this is a physical leak it's a physical leak there and there's another one of these things now Our State Department is saying that they have no place on the front page of the newspaper. And and the media is bootlicking and is totally complied. Nowhere have I seen these things. Nowhere. I I haven't seen the contents discussed yet. Nowhere. Other than the fact that you have a State Department individual saying what? That they appear to have already been doctored. There's no evidence of that. None. But again, my fear is that the narrative of these leaked documents is that Ukraine needs more money. Ukraine needs more troops. Ukraine needs more help, and we have to give it to them. So then you ask yourself if this is a purposeful leak in order to demonstrate that idea and push people towards that idea. To what? expand this conflict, continue this conflict, and possibly get us into a very hot, very disturbing, very bad idea, WW3. And, and again, I, I don't even like calling it World War Three because then that just kind of discounts the war of terror and the, the millions of people that have died in that conflict. It was a global war on terror against that. Axes of evil. Oh, the axes of evil. You know why they chose the axes of evil? It's because that, that terminology is used via World War II against what? The Allied powers, the good guys, and then the axes powers. So then there's an axes of evil. The axes of evil. Oh, in California is falling apart news, Okay. California I mean, not that that's news to most people, LA celebrity filled Beverly Hills neighborhood where the median home price is $3.5 million. Folks, I gotta tell you, if I had 350 G's here in Iowa, I'd have a pretty, pretty, pretty sweet house. Pretty good. Okay. And I wouldn't have homeless people all around my home want to take $350,000, you want to spend 10 times that, you've got homeless encampments (laughs) everywhere. That's in Beverly Hills. And now I'm rolling down Rodeo with a shotgun. These people ain't seen a brown-skinned man since their grandparents bought one. Oh no, they're they're seeing plenty. And it's not just uh, brown-skinned men, okay? It's Ultimate. in fact, let's, let's go to the, let's go to the gallery. Okay. This, this is the Beverly Hills neighborhood. So overrated by the way, when you're driving through uh Beverly Hills or, you know, I've been to like malls out there, it's not as impressive. The prices are high, but it's just like, take a look guys. This is it. This is Beverly Hills. There, there, there's your, uh, your wealthy upper middle class, possibly, you know, uh, soccer mom, just doing it. Yep, there we go. A little mattress on the side, no big deal. And I'm sympathetic to these people. I I don't like homelessness, right? I don't think that's good. I, I'd like to see a solution. I don't know if there ever will be an actual solution for this type of thing. Like all the way down the line, right? You're always going to have some sort of poverty. You're always going to have some sort of mental illness. you're you're always gonna have some sort of criminality because it is part of the human experience. It is part of who we are as a species, okay? But you can certainly exacerbate, um, you can certainly exacerbate the fact that you have more and more homelessness, poverty, drug use, mental illness by policy because it just doesn't come out of nowhere and to me ultimately the policies that we should be embracing in large part what are those policies treating the mentally ill okay not just medicating the fuck out of them or ignoring them completely but really Treating the mentally ill. In other words, giving them a path through, hopefully, therapy and, uh, I would hope, training in a skill set as you go along to empower them to get beyond their their mental illness, using as little drugs as humanly possible, if any at all. That's the kind of policy I want. Um, Workfare instead of welfare. I'd like people just to think about this for a second. Most people that are on welfare come from homes where they were on welfare. Okay. And they were taking state assistance. It's a cycle. Now, if you're to go into a person who maybe doesn't come from that, made some ultimately tough and bad decisions, they're a single parent, et cetera. And they're on those things. They're going to be on those things more than likely through the entire child's life, 18 18 years. And if they got more than one kid, you're, you're talking 20. Why not? By the time they have that second child or before, put them in a program where they're only getting the welfare and subsistence benefits if they're learning a skilled trade through an inter- internship or a mentorship okay and then upon successfully completing that our the, the program would be to find them gainful employment and get them off of those programs people can call that work for, fair or whatever they want but but in actuality when you look at these things trade schools in general are two years or that's a 10th of the time that we should be supporting these people or could be supporting these people financially outright. Doesn't mean they're not going to still need some help, et cetera, et cetera. But there are plenty of skilled trade crafts that can be taught and learned. And there are plenty of people that would be happy to have an unpaid intern or mentor somebody so that they can have a more fulfilling life. Putting it out there okay i wanted to hit this one up florida state university professor at a 190k a year job 190k as a state university professor that's a lot of scratch jack okay he has to leave his uh role after he's accused of faking data to make racism seem more common than it is, and having six of his research papers retracted. Okay, and he's he's been doing this for almost fifteen years, from two thousand six, all the way up through two thousand twenty, the sixth incident in two thousand twenty. Why are people so obsessed with continuing to push a narrative of hate? Hmm. I mean, is that why he had 190-year, uh, 190k-year job? College of Criminology and Criminal Justice Building. This guy. And, and what did I, what did I really highlight yesterday? I highlighted the fact that in my lifetime, I watched, I watched racism go from way too prevalent in the 80s to almost non-existent in my mind. Um, by the late 90s, across the board, man, doesn't mean it didn't exist. Didn't mean that somebody didn't say something bigoted or stereotypical. I'm just telling you that race was so much less of an issue, and my generation, I believe, had embraced the vision of Martin Luther King Jr. To what judge a man or woman? by the content of their character. In other words, their actions and not the color of their skin. Ever. Ever. I mean, come on. It's it's pretty, pretty obvious. Walmart shuts down four stores in Chicago having its footprint in crime-ridden Dem-led city because they lose tens of millions of dollars a year and losses are now doubling. The A. Yeah, you can't have laws that empower criminals to steal and destroy without any repercussions and keep corporations, businesses, small or large in the area. Okay, not only do you make it impossible for them to thrive, in many cases, they can no longer survive. And that's even been highlighted out in San Francisco where their flagship Whole Foods is out of there. We're out of there. Why were they out of there? Oh, I don't know. The rampant drug use in the bathrooms of a Whole Foods, the violence occurring in the store amongst the customers and sometimes the customers and employees. The fact again that that type of society has been embraced, okay? And instead of being punished, has been promoted. I mean, when a Walmart can't survive or a Whole Foods owned by Amazon can't survive, that should tell you about the reality of the situation that you are currently in. Wanted to read this. Uh, this is uh, Simon Atiba. This is the uh, the I guess the only guy other than Peter Ducey that seems to be challenging the narrative on a regular basis over in the press corps. He is a uh, African journalist, certainly somebody that um, I have some respect for, and the, I think he hits it spot on here. I was very sad yesterday after my conversation with a journalist who came. Uh, from another continent, from the uh, World Bank and IMF meetings here in Washington. The person has been brainwashed into believing that the demons are the Republicans' conservatives and the angels are the Democrats' liberals. Now, look, I'm not holding water for the conservative party. Okay, it's not a conservative party, the Republican party, or even conservatism in general. But show me the the person other than josh Hawley, or show me the democrat that is going to put jennifer uh, granholm the energy secretary under the type of scrutiny that you saw earlier in the broadcast doesn't exist it's not real you know those conversations were uh where someone tells you simon i saw you on fox news they are for the racists and this uh station is for the good guys and before you can say anything they proceed to prove to you that the most watched news network in America is actually stupid and full of propaganda while their network, uh, sack, while the network sacking staff, because they can no longer pay since so very few people are watching. Disgusted by their propaganda and attempt to force some lifestyles to everyone. It is is actually the best and most truthful one. Kind of in a, almost in a... Uh, uh, an allusion to msnbc or cnn just just my thoughts I'm, I'm i'm throwing out that out there and you're left speechless not knowing where to start not knowing how to explain to them that right there at the world bank and imf where you're having uh the conversation is the headquarters of propaganda and global domination actually one of the most dangerous and wicked places in the world
3: damn straight. That is what the International
4: Monetary Fund is and the World Bank is, okay? It is a a headquarters for propaganda and global domination. And it is one of the most dangerous and wicked places in the world. How do you even begin to explain to them that there is no angel, no demon, but people With just very different ways of seeing life, God, country, freedom, and patriotism, and the rest, and that there are very few saints and angels out there. May God help us. Yes, there are very few angels and saints, and I am far from um, one of those people, right? I think that to a degree, we're all sinners, right? Whether you believe in God or not, we're all imperfect beings. We all do things that we know may not be the best. Once again, that that's just a reality. So we are going to move on to this uh, Singapore life video. Okay. And and I want to demonstrate how Singapore has been able to flourish, okay, after the uh, over the past several decades because of its model, because of its base in authoritarianism and obedience. Okay, because it is entrenched in what? Narrative control run by the governments. They are the true arbiters of truth in that society.
1: Many think Singapore is as good as it gets, and it's not a surprise. This tiny country has one of the most advanced economies with the unemployment rate at just 2.2%. Singapore has no natural resources, Yet its GDP per capita rose from $427 in 1960 to more than $50,000. Its education system is very efficient, and crime rates are very low. So low that in 2016, there were 135 days where no stash tests, housebreaking, and robbery occurred. Sounds pretty cool. But about 60 years ago, the situation was quite different. Malnutrition was common. Unemployment was widespread and ethnic tensions were present. More than two-thirds of the population used to live in slums and squatter settlements. Now, Singapore has the highest home ownership in the world with 90% of residents living in homes they own. So how did Singapore manage to fix so much in just a few decades? Many will say it largely comes down to this man, Lee Kuan Yew. In 1959, he became the country's First Prime Minister and is the longest standing one in the world's history. When British rule ended in 1963, Singapore joined the Federation of Malaysia. But less than two years later, it declared its independence after the Malaysian Parliament voted to expel it. But there was a lot that needed fixing in Singapore. Lee had a pragmatic approach to the economy and focused primarily on industrialization lee and his colleagues strove to make singapore an international hub by convincing multinational corporations from the developed world to set up operations in the country to attract investors they had to create an environment that was safe corruption free low in taxes and unimpeded by labor unions the government settled for suspensions of freedoms of its citizens In favor of a more autocratic government that would strive to maintain a business-friendly environment.
4: No, we're going to be, we're going to have a business-friendly environment with a nice authoritarian government and limited freedoms of the people. That's how we're going to boost our economy. That model should scare the living shiz nizzle out of you, and the fact, okay, and the fact that that's being promoted oh this is what we want isn't this the best yay
1: the ruling people's action party repressed all independent labor unions and consolidated them under the national trade union congress which it directly controlled the country quickly saw foreign investments pouring in and gdp grew year by year by the 1990s they were engaging in wafer fabrication logistics biotech research pharmaceuticals, and aerospace engineering, just to name a few. Today, it's ranked as the second freest country in the world in terms of economy.
4: Think about that. An authoritarian regime that has limited freedoms, consolidated unions, in terms of economy, is the second freest in the world. Does that make sense to you? Only under Hong Kong and above New Zealand, Switzerland, and Australia, three westernized nations. And by the way, Hong Kong, very westernized compared to uh, the rest of Asia because of the fact that it was basically an extension of Britain. Okay. New Zealand, Switzerland, and Australia. But in terms of economy, Singapore's even better. What? what are they promoting here gee i wonder
1: it's almost eradicated corruption too and ranked the third least corrupt country in the world
4: <laughs> they're i mean they're telling us they're not corrupt they're the third least corrupt country in the world singapore sing again they're pushing these nations as the models it's not just china Singapore's par- Again, go wide. Westworld makes so many predictions that slowly but surely, okay, eerily are are being accentuated and shown in real life. And once again, when they get out of the park, where's the main part of the story in the third season? Singapore. Where's the automation? Singapore. Where's the masks? Singapore. Where are the head implants? Slash. A.I. people talking to you? Singapore.
1: Education is also a priority. Government expenditure on education has risen by 200 times. From $45.8 million in 1959 to $9.2 billion US dollars in 2016, the average Singaporean 15-year-old student is 10 months ahead of students in the Western countries in terms of general education and 20 months ahead of them in math. But not everything is so amazing in Singapore. To start with, education, although highly successful, causes anxiety among children. 76% of students participating in a study said they were feeling very anxious for a test, even if they were well-prepared.
4: So if you look at that, that's from the South China Morning Post. And I'm not sitting here coming down on the South China Morning Post. I, I actually love the fact that now on Twitter, you're seeing NPR being affiliated with state media. And uh, you know that now they're saying government or something. They changed a little bit. Ooh, they changed government-funded. Uh, You saw the same thing with the BBC and obviously the South China Morning Post uh, is going to be heavily geared towards China. And and let me talk about anxiety and tests. I was actually thinking about this for a totally unrelated reason last night. And it was probably because I just uh, spent some time with my nieces and I was thinking about their education system and the importance of that. I remember in third grade, uh, I moved and I changed schools, and I, I'd, I'd, by that time, accelerated in most things. In, in first grade, I had some problems with reading, um, fixed that. By third grade, I still wasn't in the top reading group, but I was getting better, okay? And I was a kid that really took my grades seriously, because not only had that been instilled in me, but I, I had a drive to do better than my parents, even at like 10 years old. You know, there there were certain things going on in my life that I did not want to go on in my life as an adult. And I'll never forget sitting and taking a test. I couldn't even tell you what the test was on, but not knowing the answers. And it was so frustrating to me. And I almost cried. Like I got emotional and set and my face was red and it was taking me too long. And I took that thing to heart. And, you know, you, you don't realize at that point How insignificant that's gonna be but at the same time it is um, it's it's a learning experience right okay I can get some things wrong you know you don't want to slack off but you also a learning experience that you don't want to have those feelings so look China is very much education centric and yeah I, I can see why people would be stressed out if Education is something that is of importance in that society. You know that that's that's just the way it is. That's that's just reality. Let's let's continue on over here.
1: And that was way higher than the average. It is even reported that academic and school pressures influenced some suicides. And like in many countries,
4: (laughs) look how happy it even influences some suicides. Look, that that's. That's the power of societal influence, right, that you can put such an emphasis on education. If you feel inept or insecure about that, that could drive you into a depressive state and even a suicidal one. But again, that shows you what their society values, which is, is very different, in my opinion, from what our society outwardly values.
1: foreign migrant workers are subject to labor rights abuses and exploitation through debts owed to recruitment agents non-payment of wages restrictions on movement sexual abuse and more the country doesn't have a minimum wage an issue impacting construction and domestic workers heavily freedom of speech also isn't a thing in Singapore the Parliament passed a law requiring online media platforms to carry Corrections or remove content the government considers to be false technology giants including google and facebook have said the law gives the singaporean government too much power in deciding what qualifies as true or false so after all the pros and cons would you go and live in singapore
4: nope especially when it's google and facebook telling us that what the government has too much power on what's real and what's not. No, Facebook and Google and those Trojan horse civilian systems also have too much power. And they're working with state-sponsored uh, governments and organizations in order to push these great narratives onto the general populace. That is the reality. That's reality, rants. That's what we're doing here and why we do it here. We're about 40 minutes after. I'm only going to go for a a few more minutes. I just got hit up yet again, and it looks like that I'm going to be hosting another show yet again. Uh, I'm going to be on the road this weekend. We will be back uh, next week, of course, for all the good stuff. (sighs) We got one more program in the week. We do it Monday through Thursday, 8 a.m. Eastern time. Again, there's going to be a little bit of a shakeup Come the first of the month, I'm not sure if we're still going to be in this time slot, uh, if we're going to be moved around a little bit, but you know, I, I'll do it any way I can get it. Like I, I like the fact that I'm up bright and early, I'm forced out of bed, um, first on a lot of news stories that I think are important, or I'm able to give a different interpretation of whatever started to go mega viral or get covered yesterday, that's a big deal. I do find that amongst video platforms, however, it's it's that 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, Eastern time that seems to be the largest audience out there. I don't know how much that really matters on YouTube or on a Twitter where the, the shadow banning is real. The shadow banning is in your face. We did Whenever we do it live, I mean, just yesterday, and, and I'm glad that they cut this up in um, the smaller segments over at RVM. We showed you the differences in a Google search, okay, and a DuckDuckGo search. Now, the DuckDuckGo search is not as refined by any means, but it's clear that the Google search is censoring information on purpose. That should be the first thing that comes up. And we illustrated that with the Bill Clinton Bohemian Grove uh, quote, right? You type in Bill Clinton. And bohemian growth. That's the first thing that should come up. Oh, Bill Clinton talks about the bohemian growth. That would be a legitimate algorithm. But no, that gets suppressed. And I don't know why not, why it would be, because it's not like Clinton is like, we're sacrificing babies to Molek. My wife's email about the chicken to Molek in the backyard was obviously a young boy that was slaughtered on the altar of occultic globalism. No, it's not that. No, instead he's like, isn't that where all the Republicans are naked peeing on trees? Naked peeing on trees. You might want to get out there. It'd do you some good getting that fresh air. And by the way, those trees in that redwood forest are massive. I've been to Sonoma, California. I've been in those redwood forests. It's a life-changing experience. In fact, I, I would encourage just about anybody out there to go take the trek to California all right and especially northern california i get it you want to check out Hollywood or la or san diego maybe even sacramento go all the way down the line big state but when you get up to northern cali past frisco it, there is some of the most gorgeous drives you know amazing wildlife and, and nature spots out there just absolutely astounding breathtaking and being in a redwood forest against a tree that makes you feel like an insignificant insect like i said it's something that you think about maybe opens up a kind of spiritual experience to you as well folks i'm a documentary filmmaker if you're new to the premium and you're new to the Burma's Brigade, and you're new to Reality Rants, maybe you don't know that I'm a documentary filmmaker. Loose Change, Final Cut, and Fabled Enemies are absolutely 100% essential, essential to understanding 9-11 and how we got to where we are today. Invisible Empire, A New World Order, defined and shade the motion picture, my big picture films, okay? Invisible Empire, A New World Order, is really my swan song on globalism, pointing out certain organizations and methods to bring us into a quote-unquote new world order, tackles a ton of aspects throughout. And then Shade the Motion Picture, although not my swan song, I think is overall my best, most solid, best-looking picture out there. And it is about to hit its 10th anniversary just three days from now. On April 15th, 2013, we released it. We were ahead of the game. I would encourage everybody to please check that out for free as well. There are uh, links over at Red Voice Media. It's on just about every single platform I'm on for free via uh, playlists, etc. And again, I want to reiterate, none of this would be possible without you guys. So thank you so much for coming over to Premium. If you're if you happen to be listening and you want to support the broadcast, again, please come over for only $10 a month to redvoicemedia.com. Folks, I love you. It's not about left or right. It is always about right and wrong. And
3: I will see you all on the flip side.